Hello, faithful listener. You have tuned in to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So stay tuned as we read through the book of Numbers. Welcome to season four of the podcast. Woo! Thanks for tuning in. And uh, well, technically, I guess, yeah, it's season four. But uh, this is the first episode of the um, podcast being totally renamed to the Bible Explained. I had some issues uh, going through the name change, as I knew I would. And I am so thankful I took two days off of the podcast to do all that because I really did have some issues with um, Apple Podcasts and I'm still in contact with them as of right now. And so I hope all that gets sorted out and that everything is fine moving forward with the name change. If your podcast platform, whatever you listen on, still says that you're listening to P40 Ministries, it should update soon, I hope. I'm pretty sure most of them updated, but some of them take a while to actually update the uh, cover art and also the name change as well because it does uh, have to go through. I don't know what it has to go through, but it takes a while to update it. But anyway, did you guys notice my new intro? I actually wrote and recorded that. Not just my voice, but like the whole thing. I wrote and recorded uh, the um, the like music part of it. <laughs> I was telling you guys, I think since season one, I was telling you guys, I'm going to write an intro eventually for this podcast. And I finally got around to it, but that's all I have is just that little 20 second clip of uh, the piano part, the like little jazzy thing. So I'm going to have to write more of it because I eventually want to throw it at the end of the podcast like I've been doing. But yeah, so that's my uh, attempt at writing some music for the podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I, I had a lot of trouble with it. I'm going to say that right out. I, I can't write music. So the fact that I came up with something that sounds a little bit like music is a, a huge accomplishment for me. <laughs> All right, guys, let's go ahead and talk about Numbers chapter one. And I'll be reading actually the entire thing. Well, most of the entire thing. The only thing I'm going to skip is verses 20 through 43, because those verses are actually talking about names. So we don't really have to go into each one of those. But as always, I recommend that you guys go back and read through them because they are important. They're in the scriptures. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more today. So let's read Numbers chapter one, verses one through 19 to start. I'll be reading out the W.E.B. Yahweh spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai in the tent of meeting on the first day of the second month, in the second year after they had come out of the land of Egypt, saying, Take a census of all the congregation of the children of Israel, by their families, by their fathers' houses, according to the number of the names, every male one by one. From twenty years old and upward, all who are able to go out to war in Israel. You and Aaron shall count them by their divisions. With you, there shall be a man of every tribe, each one head of his father's house. These are the names of the men who shall stand with you. Of Reuben, Eliezer, the son of Shadir. Of Simeon, Shalemuel, the son of Zerishadai. Of Judah, Nashon, the son of Amminadab. Of Issachar, Nathaniel, the son of Zuar. Of Zebulun, Eliab, the son of Helon. Of the children of Joseph, of Ephraim. Elishma, the son of Amihud. Of Manasseh, Gamaliel, the son of Pedazer. Of Benjamin, Abidan, the son of Gideonai. Of Dan, Ahizer, the son of Amashadai. Of Asher, Pidgeel, the son of Okran. Of Gad, Eliasaph, the son of Deul. Of Naphtali, Ahira, the son of Anan. 
These are those who were called of the congregation, the princes of the tribes of their fathers. They were the heads of the thousands of Israel. Moses and Aaron took these men who are mentioned by name. They assembled all the congregation together on the first day of the second month, and they declared their ancestry by their families, by their father's houses, according to the number of the names, from 20 years old upward, one by one. As Yahweh commanded Moses, so he counted them in the wilderness of Sinai. So what happens here is numbers is actually all about numbers. <laughs> what a shock. That's literally what the entire book is about. Well, there's some stuff like thrown in there that's not directly related. But uh, numbers pretty much is talking about the tribes and counting them and just different things. So what God starts out saying here is, you know, Moses is still on Mount Sinai. God had given Moses the entire Levitical law at this point, for the most part. And uh, Moses had written it all down. So now after Moses is done with that, God says to Moses, okay, it's time for you to count everybody who is in Israel. And I don't know if you guys remember us talking about the census. I think it was actually back in Exodus. We talked about the census, how it was okay in certain times to count the people of Israel. But when David did it much, much later on, David was one of the kings hundreds of years after this, when he counted people is actually against God's will because he was relying on the numbers of the people that he had, like all of his soldiers. He was relying on that and not on God. But when God tells Moses to count the people, Moses isn't relying on numbers. In fact, Moses never relied on numbers. He always relied on God. So it was okay for Moses to go out and count these men because he was not sinning against God. In fact, God ordered him to do this. And the interesting thing about that is the fact that these men are named by name. And it says that specifically. In fact, in verse 17, it says, Moses and Aaron took these men who are mentioned by name. So that's very important that scripture both mentioned their names, but also mentioned that they were mentioned by name. <laughs> and I think the biggest thing about that is we have no clue who these guys are. In fact, I can't even say their names correctly. I mean, Pagiel, Pagiel, did I say Pagiel? It's very possible that that is pronounced Pagiel or something like that, that I just have no clue how to pronounce because I speak English and the G in English sounds like a G, so I called it Pagiel. But anyway, we don't know who these guys are. We can't even say their names correctly, but God knew these men by name. And I think that's the most important thing to pick out of this is the fact that even though human beings may not know who we are, God knows us by name. And we are written down, if we are Christians, in God's book, in the book of life is actually what it says in scripture. So God knows each and every one of us by name. And I think that that's really important to remember. But basically, the reason these men are being mentioned by name is because these guys that I just mentioned are the heads of their tribes. In fact, I think this portion of scripture calls them princes, but they're basically the heads of their tribes. So they were important. They were going to be basically the commander of their tribes because Israel was soon going to have to go out to war because first and foremost, people didn't like Israel. And secondly, God was actually going to train his people for war so that they could eventually go into the promised land and the people that were already in the promised land would get kicked out. Like God is the ultimate warrior chief, I suppose, 
And he gives us what we need in those times of, you know, battle that we go through. And it actually says somewhere in Judges, I think the very beginning of the entire book of Judges, it actually says that God was training his people to go to war. He was literally training them. And so since the Israelite people were soon going to have to go out to war, God is setting up a bunch of warriors to go to war. So that's what each of these uh, princes of these individual tribes were going to be. They were going to be the commander of all these Israeli troops, basically. So after this, in verses 20 all the way down to verse 43, it talks about how many people were in each tribe, or rather how many warriors were going to be in each tribe. And so it mentions uh, the tribe of Reuben, the tribe of Sidian, the tribe of Gad, Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, Joseph, um, you know, Joseph's two kids, Ephraim and Manasseh, and then Benjamin, Dan, Asher, and then Naphtali. But Levi, the tribe of Levi, actually was not counted in all of this. And there was no prince of the tribe of Levi as well. There didn't have to be because Levi was special. The tribe of Levi was set apart as different. So they did not need to be counted. They weren't going to go out to war. They didn't need to have a prince to oversee the uh, the troops. They didn't need any of that. So all the tribes, all 11 tribes other than Levi were counted for troops, for warriors, whatever you might want to say. And that's what verses um, 20 through 43 talk about. But let's move on and talk about why God did not count Levi the tribe of Levi, as part of the troops. So let's read verses 44 through 53 together. These are those who are counted, whom Moses and Aaron counted, and the 12 men who are princes of Israel, each one for his father's house. So all those who are counted of the children of Israel by their father's houses, from 20 years old and upward, all who were able to go out to war in Israel, all those who were counted were 603,550. But the Levites after the tribe of their fathers were not counted among them. For Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, only the tribe of Levi you shall not count. Neither shall you take a census of them among the children of Israel, but appoint the Levites over the tabernacle of the testimony and over all of its furnishings and over all that belongs to it. They shall carry the tabernacle and all of its furnishings, and they shall take care of it and shall encamp around it. When the tabernacle is to move, the Levites shall take it down. And when the tabernacle is to be set up, the Levites shall set it up. The stranger who comes near shall be put to death. The children of Israel shall pitch their tents, every man by his own camp, and every man by his own standard, according to their divisions. But the Levites shall encamp around the tabernacle of the testimony, that there may be no wrath on the congregation of the children of Israel. The Levites shall be responsible for the tabernacle of the testimony. Thus the children of Israel did, according to all that Yahweh had commanded Moses, so they did. So now we see why Levi was not included in this, because they had a different role that they were supposed to play. They were not supposed to go out and be warriors. They weren't supposed to be fighting men. They weren't supposed to be anything other than temple keepers. God made it very clear from the beginning that the tribe of Levi was actually very special and that the tribe of Levi was actually going to bless all of Israel by being the tribe of Levi, because they are supposed to basically be set apart as holy. Remember, holy, the word holy actually means set apart as different. So the tribe of Levi was supposed to be holy. They were supposed to take care of God's things. And here's what it says here. 
This is why the tribe of Levi was supposed to do this. It says in verse 53, but the Levites shall encamp around the tabernacle of the testimony that there may be no wrath on the congregation of the children of Israel. So they weren't supposed to go out to war, but they were supposed to encamp around the tabernacle, take care of everything that was in the tabernacle during times of war and make sure that no person that they were warring with went into the tabernacle because at that point, then yes, they would have to defend the tabernacle and everything that was in it and kill that person, that stranger or the person they were fighting against. They would have to kill that guy to make sure that he did not enter into the tabernacle and try to uh, take it or take it over. So that's what the Levites were. They were almost like the inner circle, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you guys have ever seen uh, Attack on Titan. I'm a huge nerd and I watch anime and I've been watching Attack on Titan. And, uh, you know, they had like three circles, like the outer circle, inner circle and very inner circle. And this just reminds me of that. The Levites were kind of the inner circle that protected God's stuff and made sure that nothing wandered in past the other encampments of the warriors. Say the warriors went out to war somewhere and like this uh, team tried to go and take the tabernacle because they thought they could get the upper hand if they took the tabernacle. Then the Levites would turn into the warriors, I suppose, and make sure that the tabernacle was protected. So that's kind of what the Levites did. They just watched over the tabernacle. And this was a hugely important role because the tabernacle was what brought Israel close to God. The tabernacle was the bridge from humanity to God. And so that bridge needed to be desperately protected because at this point in time, Jesus had not come to earth yet. Jesus now is our bridge from humanity to God. But back in these days, the tabernacle and everything that was done at the tabernacle was that bridge of humanity to God. So that needed to be so protected. So the entire the entirety of the Levite clan would be protecting the tabernacle during times of war. So that was why Levi was so important and that's why the Levite tribe was so important because they made sure that the people and God I suppose we're kind of on good terms. They were the mediators. They were the people that would go to God on behalf of the people, on behalf of the sinning people. But now we have Jesus that does that for us. We go to Jesus who talks to God for us. Like Jesus goes and talks to God and is like, don't get angry at Jen for what she did because, you know, uh, she's been forgiven by, by my blood. That's what Jesus goes and does for me and for you. But Back in these days, before Jesus came to earth, the Levites were so insanely important to take care of everything that was going on with the tabernacle. And really more than anything, I think numbers is kind of just like history for us. This is just history of what the role was between each individual tribe. But the cool thing is, is that you and I, if we're Christians, we actually are considered to be Levites now. We are the priests. It says that uh, God is setting us up as a holy priesthood. So we are priests and Jesus is the high priest. So we, as priests, help other people who don't know God come to God. That's what we do. We go out and we spread the gospel. We, We do the Great Commission. So you and I, interestingly, are priests. And as priests, as Levites, you and I have basically the same role as the Levites had back in these days. We help people come to God through the high priest. 
Well, anyway, faithful listeners, this was Numbers chapter one, and we talked about the Levites role. We talked about uh, the princes of the different tribes and how God knows us by name. So Numbers is starting out pretty interesting, pretty good, and definitely still relates to modern day. Isn't that interesting? Like we look at the old Old Testament, we're just like, oh, no, this relates. You know, it's so old, but it totally does. Like it says in the Bible that you and I now are priests. So if we go back and look at what God had ordained for the priests, had set the priests aside for, we can see how we have similar roles as what the Levites had to do back in these days. So yeah, Numbers is starting out pretty interesting for sure. But anyway, friends and faithful listeners, tune in tomorrow for an episode out of Luke. But until then, happy listening and God bless. Oh.